0: Hey there, welcome to the Friendly Ties podcast. Today, we're talking about not a board game, which is a little unusual.
1: <laughs>
0: we have a good friend named Nick, who's waiting in the wings, who's been to We've this... never met before. Yes.
1: Who's <laughs> <laughs> never, never talked here before. Who
0: just went to this board game convention called the World Board Gaming championships. I think I got that right. <laughs> and w- while Nick was there uh, for like nine days, I had no idea it was that long. He was like giving us this ongoing uh, story about how it was going. And I think Anastasia and I just got super curious about it. I've been to uh, around 10 different board game conventions, you know, professionally and whatnot for my channel. And I know nothing about the WBC. And the more Nick talked, the more I realized how little I I knew. And Anastasia had the great idea to just. Turn the microphones on and let's talk about it because we'd love to pick Nick's brain and we think that other people would be curious just like we are. So, my question, Nick, is why WBC? <laughs> like, why do I attend? Yeah, this why?
1: <laughs> yeah, why? Why? History.
2: I mean, it's I've attended this convention since I was 12 years old. First time I went, I think, was in 1999. Holy cow. And I go to this convention or went to this convention with my family almost every single year actually literally every single year through high school and then continue to go like college adulthood. I have never not attended a convention that occurred for it. Of course it was canceled for a few years because of COVID. Right. Um. I have, you know, only gone for a couple of days when stuff came up. Um, but for the most part, I've, I've attended this convention for t- 22 years or something insane like that.
1: I can't, I can't decide what I find more crazy right now that you've, gone to this convention every year for 22 years or that i'd never heard of it until <laughs> a year ago i think i think one of our other friends just kind of casually dropped in like oh well, you know nick's world champion of automobiles or something and i was like what
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess a little like history about the convention so it's it's not a huge convention it's like it's been between like a thousand and two thousand people for for a pretty long time and it used to be called avalon con back in the days when avalon hill was not owned by uh, hasbro oh and when hasbro bought it it got essentially like renamed like the, the con got like picked up and was like renamed and I'm too young to actually like do a proper historical like representation <laughs> of what the political or business-based like landscape of it was but essentially they they picked it up and and continue to having the same convention um instead of being called AvalonCon they changed the name to the World Board Gaming Championships we we do technically have a, an international presence the name World Board Gaming Championships is maybe uh a little bit Uh, it kind of reminds me of baseball right the world series (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's 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 a little bold uh yeah so so i mean it's 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 definitely more of an east coast type of convention and i don't mean like it's got the east coast attitude i just mean that you know it it started off in in maryland and then moved to pennsylvania and it's it's actually in the time that i've attended has been at three different venues okay
1: it's really interesting to me, right? Because I've heard of tournaments for things, like I've heard of like magic tournaments or chess tournaments or poker tournaments, but I'd, I didn't realize that, I guess I'd never really considered it that anyone was playing board games truly combat, like a tournament for board games. And maybe that's naive because it like happens more often than I think, but I, I, I'd never, I, like I said, I'd never really heard of this concept
2: Totally. WBC, I think, and and part of the reason I keep coming back is that it is the most unique gaming convention I've ever been to and continue to attend. And I've been to a bunch of them um, of different types. But the thing that's really cool about WBC is that it is very much couched in this tournament structure, which I think sounds very intimidating to people, but I'll explain why it's not intimidating in a minute. But the idea is that there are somewhere between 100 and 150 games uh nowadays it's nine days of gaming it used to be five and a half days of gaming and there's a schedule and the schedule says hey you're gonna you know go play splendor or you're gonna go play advanced squad leader or you're gonna go play automobile you mentioned earlier right like at these specific times is like when we're hosting those things and then you and you know 30 strangers or your best friends um are gonna show up and play that game and the people who win that game might then have the opportunity to attend the semifinals, which is scheduled for another time in the future, or if it's a single elimination tournament, like they'll play against someone else, and so on and so forth. And so, a lot of these are structured in these kind of like heat semifinal final format, and you generally have multiple opportunities to kind of like qualify to go to the next round. Um, The reason that I want to say that it's not as intimidating as, like, everyone's really intense is that, like, there's nothing serious on the line. Like, at the end of the day, what you win is, like, a plaque and some bragging rights, right? Like, you don't get any real prizes for this. It's just for
0: fun. I do think it's kind of cool that they give you a literal wood plaque. Like, I knew... Gosh, I knew so so little about this convention. I'm genuinely not sure if I would heard about it before I met you, Nick, because we've been friends for like four years and I might have never heard of this before then. So it's, you're possibly the reason. But every time it, uh, it it came into my brain for some reason, I instantly was like, I don't want to go to a championship convention. Like, I, like, <laughs> I, 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 I want to play just like a ton of different games. I don't want to feel the pressure to like be in. Yes, I was one of those people who were intimidated and probably thought it was going to be more serious. Um, and then you sent photos of the the, the literal wooden plaques that you won. And I was like, ah, I mean, it's towing the line of serious to a certain extent, but I guess it's you know, it's a little tongue in cheek.
2: Yeah, I mean, some people don't get me wrong. Some people take it seriously, but uh, I mean, I take it seriously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, John? I want to take it seriously. I'm like, I'm like a little like Nick. I'm such a. I like to think I'm in the school of Nick. Um, and uh, I'm training, and I'm ready. I'm just wanting people to know. Next year, you, you I'm ready. You would do ready. well here. You would definitely do no, well here. No, I would, I would approach this. I would be so serious about this. I'd be like, what are the games? And then I'd like pick them. And then we would practice. Like, it would be... Totally. I, I would be in it to... I'd be in it. I'm not going to win it. <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> but I'd be in it to succeed. And that what succeeding is, is a relative structure for me. But I'd be in it to succeed.
2: Yeah. So I, I now have to title this, like, side story. Uh, my, you, you all know the game A Few Acres of Snow, yeah, and, like, it's sort of, like, infamous there's a broken strategy to it thing. Yeah,
0: the, the yeah. Some, something hammer, the Halifax, Halifax hammer. hammer. Yeah, I've never played the game, but I know the name of the broken strategy, so there you go. So yeah. for a few years, this game was at
2: WBC. Like, the first year it was there, like, people hadn't even discovered the strategy yet, and then by the second year, like, people had. But the the GM had come up with sort of this, like, his like own house rule that's not used in the like you know few acres of snow community about like how this would get balanced and my buddy kevin and i we for probably six weeks beforehand played every other night like we just get together have like a few beers play this game and just like practice 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 and we
0: cleaned up at this tournament (laughs) 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 i like to think so jeez you're not making me not feel intimidated right now. <laughs> that's, that's generally
2: an exception to the rule. There's, yeah. there's a couple. There's a couple games. It's actually usually more the war games where it's like when you meet X Y Z player, you're you're playing for fun. Like there's you have like <laughs> just very over. limited chance. But you know most games are are not as I think deterministic as that. And so you know it's 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 anyone's game. The, the I would say the most competitive game at WPC is Agricola. The people that play that game are so good. I consider myself <laughs> to be like a decent player. I get squashed anytime I play that game. I cannot advance to the semifinals. It's impossible. They're so good. And for the past eight years, I don't think a single person has won the game multiple times. Like they wow. you'll see a lot of the same people like advancing to the finals, but it's just, it's always up in the air. So it, I think that's like one of the things that's really exciting about it is, um there are some games where you have like the titans of that game that like keep winning over and over again but there are also games where you see different people on that placard every single year
0: hmm. and i guess from a you know i know i keep harping on the intimidation factor but that is something that affects me with these is like let's say i go to wbc and i play agricola which i've effectively never really played I could totally just play in that first round and get stomped and be like, cool, I played Agricola and I could go do something else, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, a couple people I know refer to it as scheduled open gaming. And I actually really like that framing. And that's, I think, one of the things that's most appealing about WPC is like, you can go there and you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, when it's like, when folks are going to be around to play that, like there's open gaming, you can go do open gaming if you want to, but like mostly it is about like showing up to these events and like if i want to play sagrada at 4 p.m on thursday there's going to be 90 other people playing sagrada at 4 p.m on thursday it's going to happen i don't need to like you know be going to game night and being like i kind of want to play this tonight i need to see if people know the rules like you right. have none of that like you go and you're there to play
1: but that is interesting so like i, I so two things that came off of that the first is like you do need to know the rules, right? There's no teaching of the rules. There's no, like when you show up, like you need to be prepared to play that game.
2: Great question. So there are A, B and C class events. And and I always get the order wrong, but I think the A class events have no demo. You show up, you need to know what you're doing. The C class event is show up, we'll help you along the way. Don't worry about it at all. And then almost all events are B class where they have a demo. And they basically say, "Hey, to, sh- to show up to this, you must at least attend the demo or know how to play." Simple as that. People Got are it. generally actually pretty accommodating, and it's a- it's actually a good convention to learn games that you're interested in.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so that that's good to know because like sometimes that can be fairly intimidating. Actually, that that's what would intimidate me. Speaking yeah. of being intimidated, that's the thing that would intimidate me. It's just making sure I was super familiar. whatever the games were but in addition to that and this came out of your kind of you know live blogging it or whatever you know sharing on on discord about your experiences is there are a lot of games that like i wouldn't expect to be world championship games like sagrada or splendor or I don't know. I'm trying to think of another one, but like Agricola makes sense to me. Great Western trail makes sense to me. Um, And I'm not trying to like be disparaging about those games. I guess I just, it felt like there was a lot of like lighter games that you played one that was like, you told me it was like tic-tac-toe or something. What was it that you're world championship (laughs) of this freaking game? I don't
2: reflect it. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's complicated rocks, paper, scissors. By the way, I'm very excited. I, I've been playing this game for basically since I attended this con and I've never won it before. So the fact that I won this year is extremely exciting to me. I
1: And I'm excited for you and now we need to play it because I've never heard of it. But nevertheless, it feels very light to be a championship totally. game or am I being judgy?
2: So, I mean, you are being judgy. The point of it is not for these games to be, It's it's not about like... Again, it's really not about, like, being the best. It's not about the tightest games. It is about people going and getting to play the stuff that they love. And, like, you've mentioned um, a lot of the stuff that's really on the Euro side. And, like, actually one of the bigger kind of interesting dynamics at the convention is that, you know, Avalon Hill is a war game company. And, like, Avalon Con was a war gaming convention. And sort of there's been this, like, shift over time where there are fewer war games and more Euro games because Euro games are kind of bigger than war games are these days. But a lot of those war games still stick around. Like, there is a very, very serious contingent of this convention that comes to play, like, the four games that they love. That is all they come here to do. I'm here to play Panzer Blitz for, like, 16 hours today. See you guys later. (laughs) Um, And then there's, you know, folks that are there to, like, play Socrata and Splendor and, like, just kind of, like, jam as many of the, like, short games as possible and have a... Um, you know have a have a good time doing that and then of course there's the the crazy people like me who are just dancing between different events to try to play as many things as possible and fit everything into the schedule
0: one thing that um jumps out to me a bit just hearing you talk about it seeing you uh your experiences and everything is that this seems like the only board game convention or at least uh the minor subset of board game conventions that are like cult of the old focused yeah you know like i've been i've been to a whole bunch of board game conventions the one i've been to the most is board game geek con which i've been to i think seven times or so and the reason i love that one so much is because it's just it's just cult of the new like crazy like all the brand new stuff is there and it's all easily playable and you can play 24 hours for five days straight by the way i thought playing for five days straight at bgg con was crazy and then i heard that wbc is nine days (laughs) but um (laughs) but i just think this is interesting because like i i see a lot of Uh, parallels between WBC and BGGCon based off of what you've been saying. Like, just a whole bunch of people, but not too many people, you know, a couple thousand or whatever, just playing games like crazy. It's not, like, game purchasing oriented. It seems like there's, you know, there are vendors at BoardGameGeekCon. I don't know if there are at WBC, but that doesn't seem to be the focus of it. But then there is this kind of, like, inverse uh, correlation where, like, you know, new stuff versus old stuff. There's a bunch of old stuff at BGGCon as well. I think it's just me who's gravitated towards the Shinies there, but... I just think it's kind of interesting. Like one of the reasons that I'm I, I, that I'm kind of captivated by what you've said about WBC is all these games that I've kind of always wanted to play but never got around to. I mean like uh, Thurn and Texas is one. Like never played it. Like never had an opportunity to. I don't think it would light my world on fire, but there's a, there's a tournament for it. <laughs> if I went there's a there huge
2: scene for Thurn and Texas yeah, at, exactly. uh, at WBC. That's a beloved game there. Yeah, it is very much a cult of the old. Part of that is that they have this structure and it's a little bit esoteric, so I'm not going to get into the details, but it's called The Century. And the idea is essentially every year, based on the number of seat hours um, that are assigned to a game, is going to say that that game is going to stick around. And it's got a pretty conservative structure in terms of like how many new games are going to come in and uh, what the sort of like threshold that they need to meet of popularity For them to stick around for the following year. So for example, this year like Wingspan was the first time ever and like a million billion people went to play that game. And so of course it's gonna be around for a tournament next year. Like it will make the century for sure. But events like start off as trial events and they get they get rectangular plaques instead of the shield size plaques to like distinguish (laughs) them. (laughs) And then if enough people play them, uh they become it they become a a game the, the the following year that's like in the official, you know, seating thing, and then the number of plaques that are associated with each game is based on both their popularity and the number of hours that they're played. So a game like um, Can't Stop, there we have this like evening culture, right? A game that takes like it's like totally luck, takes twenty minutes to play. One fires off at like eleven o'clock every single night at the convention. Basically, Can't Stop has like every one of the convention playing it because it's super easy. Is a fun culture around it. And so there's a ton of plaques associated with that game, whereas something like Adele Afflicted, which you mentioned earlier, Anastasia doesn't have quite as many because it's a kind of shorter game with a modest amount of people that play that game.
0: I mean, you mentioned uh, Beyond the Sun was one of them as well, right? That was a trial game this year. Some new, okay, so that makes sense, yeah.
2: And you also
1: mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you've mentioned this before. Automobiles, one of your favorite games ever, and you are a a a world champion in it i I, not this year though right
2: uh this year i got second
0: place yeah (laughs) way to rub salt in the wounds i I was
1: just i you know like i just i was just trying to be accurate for the log you know we can have nick for the log we'll have to have nick give us a rundown of, of these things but you mentioned and I don't know if this is inferring too much, but that maybe the game might like a game like that that wasn't as popular this year might not make it in the future. I don't know how how much longevity has to do with keeping games around.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if a game like Automobile is is totally one of the things I love to play at this convention because I don't really get to play it anywhere else. And yeah, unfortunately, I think this year might have been the death knell for it because it's been a smaller tournament for a while, and there were just even fewer people than normal. So it's probably on the chopping block, but you never really know until you get to the end of the convention and, um, attendance is all wonky because we're still living in a, a pandemic world. So, yeah. uh, you know, I- I'll have to see, hopefully it sticks around, but yeah, stuff drops out. Right. And like RIP, all the games that I've played and loved that have dropped out, but they also make room for all the new things. Like if we didn't do that, the ex- the convention would just get bloated and bloated and bloated. And then eventually there's just too many games, and every tournament has like seven people playing them but instead what they do is they keep it pretty tight and things come in and go out and what that does is it keeps a a a, a, you know modest to strong size showing for every game and that's part of the
0: fun almost like cult of the medium then
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is though i I, that that's actually what john you're not you're on to something there The, the cult of the old if you will or the Cult of the medium, that is what makes me want to go. Like I I look, I love Cult of the New as much as the next one. And you know, I'm frankly you can't be friends with John and not
0: (laughs) the pile of games that Anastasia just bought and had shipped to my house to uh, deliver (laughs) agrees with you.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's be clear. If you look at that pile. Uh, you could see how many of them were old came out over five years ago versus John's games out of the same order (laughs) that we ordered from overseas. His were all brand new, and I want to play all of them equally. But that's not the point. The point is that um, I love playing new things, but this is actually something I realized in the last year, and it actually kind of is a byproduct of what we're talking about right now, which is that I found myself, particularly during the pandemic – um, we were playing a lot of games on um, Tabletop Simulator and we could play them kind of over and over and there was a lot of opportunities and sometimes you you were just like, I don't want to learn something new. And so we would like play these kind of same games over again and we'd get pretty good at them. I mean, it wasn't about getting good at them, but it was about like learning the strategies. I mean, Nick, you brought up Agricola and a friend of yours from that you met at WBC um, who's a huge Uwe Rosenberg fan, extremely good. He became, like, my, like, Howlertau, like, you know, trainer. Like, I I didn't even, like, we, we'd, like, report game sessions and he'd, like, make comments and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to do it Shadow's way. I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to do better, you know? Like, and we pl- must have played Howlertau, like, I'm not, like, kidding, like, 45 times. Like I, like, I don't know how many times I played that game, but I... I like loved that. I loved getting better at that game, and I, I enjoyed seeing seeing the things that came out of it. Now, I don't know if I'd feel that way about Splendor, for example. No, no knocks on Splendor, but like I think certain games lend themselves to that level of play for me. But I also love Can't Stop, and I would be so happy Can't to stop play Can't Stop. So much Can't fun. Stop.
0: I would, I would, <laughs> like, I would not feel intimidated. I'm not saying I would do very well, but I would just. I would jump right into that. (laughs) Listening to you talk
1: about this is it feels like so like Hollow new game, right? Or that was a twenty twenty one, or yeah, I think it was a twenty twenty one release or twenty twenty release. Twenty twenty. I guess it depends. New (laughs) game
0: in Germany, whatever.
1: Yeah. But like, so, so I see the joy in that. But then I also, like, I hear you talk about all of these older games, and I'm like, gosh, like, I haven't played A Few Acres of Snow in forever, and I haven't played, like, honestly, listening to you talk, it sounds like, just like, like, it sounds like a night on Yukata, like, but, like, in person. Like, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Yukata, but, like, these are all, all these games that Nick has mentioned, like, a, a ton of them, particularly the older ones, are games that I only ever discovered by playing on Yukata, and, like, I just, yeah, it just, I don't know, it sounds sounds fabulous nick
2: and and, i mean since you mentioned yukata like there are games that i learned because they were at this convention i was like i'm gonna try that game next year so like Agizia, which is a game that i actually really adore now and has played at this convention i'd never heard of it before and someone was like oh yeah it's pretty good like i was chatting to them about it at this convention i went and like learned it on yukata so that i could play it at this convention i mean i could have just gone to a demo but i Am me, and I would like to be a little bit more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
0: to win this you. demo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that kind of speaks to something that I was—I was also thinking—is like the ability to play games online. Though I talked about jamming, holler, and tabletop simulator, but I, but you know, I have played a lot on Yukata for years and years and years. I don't play a lot on Board Game Arena, but obviously, Board Game Arena has has grown tremendously. You play lots of games on there. Some of these games to improve i know we've talked about like you know beyond the sun is an example of a game like i'm scared to play now against you nick because you played it on there a lot and i you know but what i'm trying to say I'm, is like, i'm
2: literally you... the same skill level as before you could definitely beat me at that game <laughs>
1: happily happily love to for sure um <laughs> but what i wanted to bring up is like this idea <laughs> is like there's feels like there's like more opportunities now to play games over and over and I'm not saying you have to do that to get, be good at that, but to see the strategy in it, I wonder how that maybe lends itself to a convention like this, where like you, you, you start playing games from sort of a strategy perspective and start thinking about, Oh, this is like Vikings for me. That's the game. Like I, you guys want to talk like me. Let I get to talk strategy on Vikings for a whole podcast. Like I have played that game so many times and I can like, you know, like analyze every moment. And Lots of people don't play Vikings like that, but I do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, like a, there's a number of tournaments, a number of specific games that you know lend themselves more to it where the meta is very developed around the game. People definitely know what they're doing. Like a game that I won't play <laughs> is Puerto Rico because I'm a rookie at that game. and I don't much care for it, but I wouldn't wander into a heat because people that play the game at this convention have been doing so for 15, 20 years, and they, like, know what they're doing. They know the flow of that game. And if you want to get good, that's a good place to do it. Like, you'll sit down and and really learn what to do. Great Western Trail, which you all know, is, like, one of my favorite games. I learned it, and I went to play at WBC, and I got smoked. And I was like, this can't happen. I'm going to get better at this game. (laughs) And then the next year I came back, and I, like, got into the semifinals, and I lost in a semifinal by, like, two points. And then the pandemic hit. And so this year I was like, I'm getting to the finals of Great Western Trail. <laughs> and I did, right? Like there's a whole yeah. like arc there. Um, and that's really fun. That's really cool. I love that.
0: I have one question about, I don't know, the, the game playing uh, atmosphere. I know I keep harping on, you know, being intimidated and whatnot. Uh, I take a while to play games. Um, like I'm just not a very fast player And, you know, in a tournament setting... I'm super
1: fast, by the way. I never... (laughs) I'm I'm the fastest player you have ever met. John and I together, by the way, we just... I mean, we play at lightning speed. Lightning.
0: It sure is a good thing that when we record our games, I can cut out the, like, minutes that we spend thinking about our turns. But yeah, just, like you know without I think nick of... to push us
1: along we never go <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> when i think of my previous experiences playing board games at conventions like board game geek con or sn or, or uh, other places like it's usually like you know we play one game we move on to the next thing and and it's like all about just like exploration and trying the thing there's usually huge asterisks as you know like a rule gets missed because it's loud and chaotic but like when i think of wbc and you're like potentially playing the game over and over again everybody knows the rules so like I assume it's much more accurate, but I'm also worried that like people are just going to look at me as I'm taking too long to think through my turns because they've got a game to get to or like I'm going to be playing this one again, and I don't know. like that's another wave of my own type of anxiety uh, that that occurs to me. i
2: I'll say that I don't think it comes up, right? Like games get adjudicated, they're in time slots, and most of the time slots are pretty generous for most of the games, and so it it doesn't it doesn't generally come up too often. The two of you, I know that you, like we're joking about you playing slowly, but like I think that you p- would play at a pace that's like completely reasonable and expected for folks at the convention, right? So no one is expecting like speedy fast play, but you know, it can get to a place where like a game ends up getting adjudicated uh, because multiple people are playing a little bit slowly or you know, often happens more with folks that have like never played the game before and it shows up. Um, this year I had a game that really nearly the only, the only event I had this year was actually in a game of Sagrada. We like, it's an hour slot, which is plenty for Sagrada, but we ended up starting 15 minutes late. And then there were just like a couple thinking points at the end of the game. And like a bunch of us had places, like I had a place that I needed to be and like made it very clear at the beginning. Um, and you know, what ended up happening in that game is I took my last turn at like, you know, four fifty nine or whatever it was. I need to be somewhere at five. And I was like, I gotta go. I hope you guys can score. And the reason that I could do that was because the person who w- who owned the game was like, you know what, I don't have a thing at at five. Um, I will just pick up. I'll score the game. And that wonderful human being then like came and found me. It was like, oh, by the way, you won. Like, you know, it's 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 not like as in that that was the closest like timing thing. And like how pleasant to like know that I could walk away from a table and like get everything counted up and have this person go out of their way to like tell me. That yeah. ended up like, you know, like that, that, that's like lovely, right? So yeah, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. Like it does. And very occasionally games get like put into time slots that are not appropriate. So like a classic example of that is castles of Burgundy used to be in a two hour time slot and plenty of people can play that game in two hours, but enough people couldn't play that game in two hours that they ended up changing it to a three hour time slot, which is like egregiously too long for most people playing that game but they needed to accommodate for folks that just needed a little bit of extra time so it does come up but i i don't think it's as common as as it you might think that it is that makes sense
0: one thing that kind of occurred to me when i was seeing your uh ongoing commentary it, it kind of reminded me of uh like when i was figuring out my classes for college like you know slotting mm-hmm. in this like oh i want to take this class but it conflicts with that class uh which one what do i want to take more uh I, I, that's not something I'd ever thought about from a board game convention type thing, but you were like weighing like one semifinal versus one other thing. And I just thought that was kind of humorous.
2: 100%. And I actually, I I like what I call the scheduling mini game. That's one of the things that I would say is one of my strengths at this convention. Um, and I really enjoy doing that. When I go to something like Gen Con, there's just like a million options. You, you can't make those kinds of decisions. You're like kind of arbitrarily like, this looks best. I'm going to go to this. This looks best. I'm going to go to this. Um, You know, because they have just 300 things scheduled going on every single hour. At WBC, it's like there are somewhere between two and ten events firing off this hour. And so I'm just picking between like a very palatable grocery store decision amount of things here. And I can do that.
1: That makes me think, though, like uh, speaking of your like the play experience that you're having, right? Like so... The scheduling of it all, the slow play. But one of the things I thought of while you were talking, I was like, you know, when we play a game. Speaking of John and I playing, like a like a game where we, it's just like him and me and we, whatever it is, we will like sit there and like analyze, like analyze with each other. We'll like talk through best moves. We'll be like, make suggestions. Maybe you should do this. Make suggestions. <laughs> like you know, yeah. like oh, you could beat me if you do X. Like, and depending on the game. You know, obviously, some things you don't say because you're like trying to get into each other's heads, but we do a lot of table talk. And the same thing, same thing with the three of us. I mean, like, you know, we all, when we play a game, we do the same thing. I mean, and I can't tell you guys. I mean, how many games have I played where I've been like, Nick, what's the best move here? Like, you know, (laughs) how do I be particularly, (laughs) how do, yeah, particularly when I am actively trying to improve? Like every game that I play, if it's a game if it's a game we're playing again, or it's a game I know Nick's particularly good at, Great Western Trail, America but those are great examples of games where I'm always trying to get a little bit better, and I know that Nick is very good at them, and so I will ask him for uh, to basically rate choices or different ideas, you know, or run things by by you and And I'm curious. How that works? I mean, you're not going to do that in a tournament, right? Like, like, what's the table talk like?
2: Yeah, I didn't mention this in the the timing thing that John brought up, but like, part of the reason the games don't tend to go long is because most people are here to play the game, so we don't tend to have like the side conversations, the jokes, the like, you know, pulling apart like this and that strategy component. You might if it's a table specific table, maybe it's people that you know, or maybe someone is just that kind of person. Um I've definitely sat down with people this year who are there for the social experience who are like like you know chatting you up and like asking you about where you're from and um you know all those kinds of things they they definitely happen I've definitely had games where at the end of it you know you could there's someone else across the table and you're like I what did you think about this play that I made here and they're like well you know I think it was a mistake because of this and that right like you <laughs> will you will have that experience but I will say more commonly people are there to play the game and then move on with their lives so that that deconstruction component you know i, I think there's a lot of trust that's required in something like that so you kind of got to get a vibe that you trust the person across the table from that like i don't do that at a at a public board game night right like right. that's really rare that i would do that there i do that with my friends because i trust them yeah. and because i know that i'm not going to come across as an arrogant ass when i like make suggestions about how to play and things like that
1: yeah no that makes a lot of sense i think I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's been so long since I played any games, not with you guys, you know, or, you know, or like in, in a, <laughs> I mean, like because, because of the pandemic, you know, it's been a long time since I've just been at like yeah. an open gaming situation and just been like alone with my thoughts <laughs> and the game. <laughs> I got to tell you, Nick, like ever since we met and we started playing games, and I sort of discovered this idea of, getting better at games uh learning the strategy of games trying to beat nick at games like it it has sort of changed it's changed the way i play games like and and i think it's i think it is a mindset like i think you know john you were kind of touching on this that like you just love to like explore them and see what happens i think i really do like getting better at them and and i've i've learned that i i do not need to win i like winning but I like, I like improving. I like figuring a game out. I like mastering it. And there are plenty of games not worth my time in doing that. But I do like taking games apart in that way. And so I'm realizing as you talk about WBC that a lot of the way that you game, which is now kind of rubbed off on me, is is because of this convention. I'm not, like, Even hmm. as you're talking, I'm like thinking, oh... Great Western Trail, right? This is where he played that. This is where he got good at this. This is where suddenly you and I are having Maracaibo strategy episodes because, like, of this podcast because you were practicing games in in this specific way. Or am I attributing too much?
2: I mean... That's totally correct. I will say that Great Western Trail is a bad example because I've played probably like 150 times online. So I've definitely <laughs> gotten a lot better from that rather than <laughs> from playing at the convention. But that was the fire that lit for me, right?
1: That's what I mean. The fire that lit, the, the mentality that goes into that.
2: There's definitely a lot of like fire that gets lit, right? Like my friend and I doing the few acres of snow. Or there's a, a game player who comes who's a really good game player and he came and played a bunch of Euros and he like absolutely killed it a couple years became like infamous or infamous however you want to look at it for being a super good game player very quickly and then he said you know what i'm gonna go learn some more games and i'm gonna go mess with that side of the convention and just like completely picked up new games every year that he was like i'm gonna become really amazing at this and then practiced it and like this year he ended up like winning in a tournament that he had practiced for he's like, extremely hype about that he could have if he's there just to win he could have just kept playing the games he's already good at but he was like no i'm gonna pick up this new thing and so that like fire getting lit under you is definitely a like cool motivating factor
1: yeah the the challenge of it i mean we joke a lot about how often nick wins and that's because he wins a lot but it's also like i love that nick like i love that challenge of every time i sit down to a game i'm like can I beat Nick at this one? Like, and then <laughs> I, like I, you know, and I, that's one of the things that I was, you know, kind of noticing about you talking about this convention is that like, it seems like a lot of like-minded players. Like I sort of, I imagined like, as you were talking, describing some of these finals, I was like, Oh, Nick is playing some other Nicks. Like, interesting. Like, how's yeah. that going to like, like, I kind of want to be like a bird, you know, bird's eye view on that. Like, I'm like,
2: hmm. totally. And, and there's definitely players like me, but I, I, I do I do also want to stress that I think the both of you would very easily and comfortably slot into this convention. Anastasia especially, I think that this is, like, right up your alley in terms of, like, the vibe, like, what it's going for. Um, I'm super intense at this convention. I treat it really seriously. <laughs> like, I jam-pack my schedule full of things. There's We haven't even talked about, like, the, the, like, meta game of the convention, which is that every game that you do well in scores you points based on how well you score how many uh and how many hours it takes to play the game and maybe how many players that play the game too so there's this like meta scoring thing that at the end they say like this person did the best this year and so i go hard on that because that's what makes me excited um but but there's like Two dozen of us who care about a that. A meta and game
1: for Nick to win. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Every,
2: almost everybody else that's there is there to like play the games that they love and like hang out and
0: you know. I'm they, not intimidated
1: by hanging out yeah. with a bunch of Nicks. I'm excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> Every win is that much sweeter. I'm just saying.
0: One thing that kind of occurred to me while Nick was talking uh, is that I legitimately before this conversation did not know that you've been going to this thing for two decades. Uh, (laughs) just, you know, (laughs) since you were 12, I mean, that's, that makes this incredibly formative for you, I suppose, like as a gamer, like I guess I could almost extrapolate and say like, you are a WBC gamer. And I like playing games with you, and like you know if if there's kind of a a correlation there, and the inverse that like I like playing games with you, so you know if if this is the thing that sort of molded you to a certain extent, I probably won't win very much based off of my track record <laughs> with you, but I'll probably also have fun because you know that's why we're friends That's kind of
1: what I was implying a little bit as a yeah totally John,
2: yeah, i mean to to the point about it being formative, um I have and I'm not exaggerating. 20 plus friends that I talk to outside of the convention that are still my friends. I have double that in acquaintances, folks that I will occasionally bump into, do other things with um or uh or just like play board games online like y'all y'all mentioned some of those those players already in this this conversation. Um and it's really the like social component of this convention is something that I think is really powerful and exciting. Um, and it's welcoming. Like it's, I, I, you definitely see people that come The convention is super bad at advertising as evidenced by the fact that the two of you had like never heard uh, about it before and are like in the board game world and like active consumers of board game media. Um, so it's, it's really bad at getting attention. And like, honestly, I think that's, that's not necessarily what they're going for. Like they want to run what they, what they run. They want to like have the convention like their way. And I think they're happy with that. And I'm happy with that. <laughs> but I'd love for more people to come. I think that would be super exciting.
1: Well, before we, we wrap this up, Nick, I think that, you know, the suspense, You obviously you need to tell us, you need to tell us, <laughs> what are you the reigning world champion of this year?
2: Yeah, this year, uh, there are games that I would not have expected to win. I got seconds in games that I'm really good at. And I won Adelph it. Titan the Arena, and oh god i'm blanking on the third one wasn't it five tribes five tribes yeah. thank you so yeah. much tribes. Yeah, Five Tribes. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's great all
1: right what are the games you got second in what were the what were the almost there
2: automobile great western trail and something else that i'm normally pretty good at
1: scythe <laughs> No, Scythe. not Scythe. No, that, yeah, it was, it was Scythe.
2: Scythe. You got it. You yeah, guys know more yeah. about this than I do. <laughs> we paid attention. <laughs> I know. Well, you and were it so helps. following It was really exciting, honestly.
1: <laughs> it helps because you did, like, a summary and after thing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, as you said, I kind of, like, live-blogged it for our Discord channel, uh, which was a lot of fun and, like, honestly very motivating for me. And uh, if you want to, like, hear more details about the games themselves... Um, a little bit about my emotional state, which got rocky in the middle of the week. Uh, you can actually go check out my my BGG geek list about it. It's I think it's literally called like Nick Goes to WBC or something like that. Super easy to search up.
0: We'll put a link to it in the description of this episode.
2: Even better. Yeah. And yeah, you can you can check out
0: the the dirty details there if you like. It's a. It's. I don't mean this negatively. It's exhaustively detailed. It's. It's actually a really awesome geek list. it's, yeah, it's like, like, essentially like a blow being, by blow. It's really It fun. is. It is being inside Nick's mind for nine days as he goes slightly crazy and kicks a butt, <laughs> bunch of butts. <laughs>
1: it also is kind of like a little bit we've talked about this before, but like when we play a game, I know I already mentioned Hallertown, but like, what was it? Oh, like Anno 1800, like last yeah. year. Sometimes like it sort of is like emblematic of like how to, like we'll do like session <laughs> reports of games sometimes and just be like, we just did it with a game. What did we just play? Dead what we Reckoning re- we, we were, did it a couple times. Oh, Dead Reckoning. What am I yeah. talking about? Yeah. Where like every time we played, we're like, oh, and then this happened and this crazy thing. Um, So I was, I was having some, uh I just uh, I was loving it as I was reading Nick because I was You were a, a
0: literal cheerleader in the uh the memes and the animated gifts in the Discord. Like <laughs> I was
1: invested. Rooted from invet- the other side am, of the country. I was team Nick. <laughs> like, you know, like if I like if I had a t shirt, I would have worn it. Like I was committed <laughs> to the, you know, I was the pit crew here. I was I was I was in.
0: Well, maybe Maybe someday I'll make it out. It sounds like fun. I, so. I mean, there's 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 only so much time to to get devoted to board game conventions and whatnot. But honestly, this is the first time I've ever seriously considered it. And um, it, it, you make a compelling case. <laughs> I'll definitely say that it's a great use of a week of your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm definitely gonna think about it. It's next summer. Is it? It's always in August.
2: Yeah, it's 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 almost always at the end of July. Like usually the last week of July. It's almost always exactly one week before gen con which when i was younger and braver i would like go from wbc to gen con uh, there doesn't tend to be a ton of overlap between those two conventions because their vibes are so different but that's that's about the time
0: that it is and where is it and like i don't, we yeah, don't need so to go into the nitty-gritty but like do you stay yeah, no on site with like hotel rooms and all that kind of stuff
2: yeah so the current site is at seven springs uh, ski resort so it's a ski resort that they use in the summer and it is it is about half an hour to 45 minutes outside of pittsburgh so usually people you know drive in or fly into pittsburgh and then i think they have a shuttle that that runs people there i drove, so i don't i haven't done that um, myself uh and then most people stay on site um but because it's a ski resort there's also kind of like condominiums in the area that that i know a handful of people will kind of like rent a condo and then like stay there you know with a couple people usually and then sort of like you know take the five or ten minute transport into um into the convention site
1: i'm plotting we'll see where the world is and all (laughs) all of that in a year exactly
0: well, thanks so much for letting us pick your brains on this one, Nick. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, like I could... We already knew a decent amount just from your uh, the back and forth, but I honestly learned a bunch just <laughs> in this little conversation too.
2: Yeah, I could talk about this convention for, for days and, and, <laughs> and I, I couldn't get tired of it. It's so great. Um, if you're listening and you're curious, like definitely check it out. It's, it's, it's well worth your time. Don't judge the website too harshly. It's horrible. The convention is much better than the
0: website. Don't <laughs> mind it. <laughs> also, if anyone listening to this has questions for Nick about the convention or just about conventions in general, then please leave those on the video version of this uh, episode. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, there's a link to it in the description. We love to get comments. We'll we'll definitely uh, keep the conversation going about a lot of these. Uh, as Nick said, he he could talk about this forever. So certainly bend his ear.
1: Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>